Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to Solo Cleaning School. We're going to talk about some poison ivy today. But before I do, let's have a funny papers edition. On a previous episode, It's the Overwhelm That Stops People, I shared part one of one of the most inconveniencing stories I've ever dealt with in my cleaning business. I was picked up by the sheriff at the county line and brought to the courthouse to deal with paperwork. The version I told before was not that simple, but it was about five and a half minutes of how this was literally the most inconveniencing story that's happened to me in the cleaning business. And I gave a little teaser at the end that it didn't end there. Just when I thought it was enough to be left stranded in the lovely town of Fonda, New York, with only a flip phone, about $20 cash, and a wasted day and lost income from not being able to clean. Oh, and my car was a county away. Oh, and my wife was home with our baby Kenny, and she had no car because I was driving the only one which was stuck in another county. Oh, boy. I promised and teased about a second part of the story. Now, this first part happened in the summer of 2006, one of the worst years ever, low point-wise income, and wondering if we were going to survive. So that little ordeal of being displaced by a county was a quite a big deal, and having to pay $20 for a taxi ride back home was a big deal, but losing that day's income was even the biggest deal for sure. So we managed to get through it, I rescheduled, I was able to pick a different day to clean, got my car back, everything was good, and here it is, it's December the 13th, 2006, My son turns two years old, and we had an elaborate plan. We had met a guy in a Walmart in that town recently, and he's a fireman at the Hageman Fire Department, and I just threw it out. Hey, if I ever stopped over, could I maybe have my son jump on a fire truck? He said, sure, bring him over. Just give me a call. We'll set it up. I said, okay. I remembered that meeting, called him up a couple days before Kenny's birthday. Hey, do you mind if... I come over with my wife and son and let my two-year-old jump on a fire truck. Yeah, come on over, Ken. No problem. Awesome. So he made this big ordeal out of his birthday. We went out to a nice lunch, went to the fire department. Kenny got to go on the fire trucks. Now, he doesn't remember anything at all, but I've got the picture. See, now how that goes, parents. We were there. We know we got proof. It's on a picture. Our kids have no clue. The rest of the day was planned out too. We were heading back home, have some dinner, chocolate cake that my wife made that my son did smash all over the table and the floor and his self. But between the fire department and getting home, I lost my concentration for a split second and boom, I crashed into the back of another car that was waiting at a red light. 
Now, I did this like five times when I was 16. I was not a very good driver my first year. I was on the assigned Pennsylvania driver's risk because all new drivers were there and I was paying like $1,500 for the first year of driver's insurance. But after hitting five different cars and a few of them were multi-car pileups that I was responsible for, thank God I was never hurt and it was semi-minor damage on my car. <sighs> anyway, that was me in the beginning. My insurance was skyrocketed from there. I thought I'd never drive again. I remember crying to my mom. Mom, will never be able to drive again. I st- I'm terrible driving. Don't worry, son. You can do it. You were able to get into engineering school. I think you can figure this one out, too. Thanks, Mom. That was like 1993, 94 when those accidents happened. I didn't have another accident until 2006. That's 12, 13 years. And it was a minor fender bender, minor damage. Of course, I was going to report this to insurance. So we get out of the car. My wife's in the front seat. Kenny's in the back. Get out. We exchange information. And we file a police report. The police come. They take the information. And I'm waiting in the car. And then the policeman comes over to the car and he says, Sir, step out of the vehicle. Oh, no, not again. What did I do? Uh, okay, sir. Uh, what's wrong? He said, step out of the vehicle. Place your hands on the hood where I can see them. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's always the right answer. Yes, sir. Teresa, her face is ghastly. What is going on? Kenny's in the back seat. No clue. My hands are on the car. It's very warm. Sir, uh, what happened? He says to me, you're driving on a suspended and now revoked license. I'm taking you in. I said, sir, sir, there's a misunderstanding. There's a big misunderstanding. He said, uh, explain. I said, here's what happened. And I recounted the story. And at the end of my story, I said, I worked it out at Fonda and I have paperwork to prove that it's done. They were supposed to send out new information and update my driver's record. I'm guessing that it didn't happen. The policeman looked at me and said, I'm going to have to check on this. Sure enough, he goes back to his squad car. He's in there for a while. And I had to stay outside in the public. My wife and son in the car. My hands on the warm hood. That's embarrassing. And it's also burning my hand off. But I'm listening to the policeman. He's the authority figure. I respect my authority. I'm thankful for the men in blue. For what they do to serve and protect. So I wait anxiously to say the least. About 10 minutes later he comes back out and says. Sir it looks like your story's checked out. There is a glitch in the system. <laughs> Great. A glitch in the system caused you to pull me out of my car after just hitting someone and I have to be further humiliated in front of my family on my son's two-year-old birthday. He said, sorry, sir, just following protocol. You can go back, but make sure you go into the DMV and clear this up. I said, yes, sir. I get back in the car. Teresa's freaking out. What happened? I told her the story. And she's not happy because I took care of this like nine different ways, but yet the paper pushers did not fully update my records. And that's how part two will end. Oh boy. Let me just give you a word of advice. If you ever move or when you move, make sure to update everything. Yeah, that was quite an experience. 2006 was hard in many ways. Well, that definitely added some flavor. 
oh, by the way, the car that I was driving, this Honda Accord that I hit the car in front of me with on December 13th, 2006, do you know that one week later, the car was on a tow truck saying bye-bye to our family as it was repossessed because of lack of payment? When you don't have enough money and you don't pay your car payments for, let's say, three to four months, they come and take your car. And when you think it's gone and your payments are stopped, think again. If you need further details on how that works, check out Dave Ramsey's show and type in repossessed car. You'll be shocked. Anyway, back to the episode at hand. Let's talk about when healing grows with the poison. Another inconvenience I dealt with as a kid is poison ivy. Now, my skin has always been highly allergic to this nasty weed or plant or whatever it is. Now, the surface of the poison ivy plant has an oil, which is called erythritol oil. Maybe I pronounced that wrong, but you get the point. When you touch the plant, the oil rubs off onto your skin, your skin's irritated, and it grows a eczema-like rash, which usually will turn into bubbles or blisters, and it itches like the dickens. Oh my goodness, you could put unlimited amounts of the pink stuff, calamine lotion, on this itch, and it doesn't go away. And then you get the nasty bubbles that are the size of your thumb, and you can't pop them, although you want to, because if you pop them, it could spread. Poison ivy is horrible. I remember having it, I was about 11 years old. I got it on my face and it spread over my eyelids and I looked like I was in a UFC fight. I could barely look out my eyes and it was the middle of summer, humidity, and we didn't have an air conditioner in our house. Oh boy, you want to talk about torture? That was worse than the chicken pox. Ultimately, the solution was, I think it was prednisone. It was a steroid that we got a prescription from our doctor and it only narrowed down the week and a half long experience with poison ivy to about four to five days. So it definitely curbed the length of it, but still, oh my goodness, that was horrible. And all the times I got poison ivy, they were equally horrible. Now my son shares the same affinity to poison ivy. He gets it like I did when I was a kid. Now for some reason, I don't get it much as an adult, but as a kid, all the time. And my son, Kenny, now he goes out in the woods, he comes back, oh, got poison ivy again, poison ivy again, poison ivy again, using up by the bottle, the calamine lotion. Well, last summer, 2019, Kenny's a part of an amazing men's ministry called Royal Rangers, and it's something I'm involved in too. I've talked about it on the show. It's where we teach boys and mentor boys to become men through Christ-centered Bible devotions, through scouting, camping merits, and an advancement system, and patrol system, and uniforms, and having your guys. It's a really great experience, and also there's the element of survival skills, which all the boys love that, and it's an opportunity when you get out there in the woods with your guys. You can mentor them. It's been an awesome experience for me and for my son. I see him develop leadership skills, outdoor camping skills, survival skills. Well, he has a series of camps that he can go to by himself now that He's you know 12 and older. Actually, I think it was 11 and older. But this one he attended last summer, it was called SAC, Survival Action Camp. He learned a ton while he was there. And the test to pass the camp was total survival in the woods for 24 hours. Now, they had some basic things they were allowed to use. I think a match. But they had to build their own fire. They had to cook their own food. They had to find their own food. And we'll just say they had to ingest an animal. 
Now, that's a kind of a gross part of the survival skill, but you know what? If you are really in a survival situation, you really need to know how to do that. And I'm so proud of him for what he was able to accomplish. And what's amazing is, of all the things he learned in survival action camp, the thing that he took away the most was how you can eat certain weeds and certain herbs that you find growing naturally, but also how some of these herbs and weeds are remedies for common ailments. And one of these remedies blew my mind. I had no idea. It's called jewelweed. And what's amazing is if you take jewelweed and you rub it on your skin after you've been infected with the poison ivy oil, the jewelweed has properties inside of it that reverses the poison ivy spread. In fact, it speeds up recovery faster than taking the steroids. It's amazing, but it gets better because where do you find the jewelweed? And this is the part that when Kenny told me, I said, podcast episode. He says, dad, check this out. The jewelweed grows wild with the poison ivy. I said, hold up. Are you telling me that the adversary that I had as a kid, the poison ivy, if I would have just touched the plant right next to it, I would have been okay? He said, well, not exactly, Dad. You've got to take the plant. you got to rub it on. It takes a little bit. But yeah, essentially, you could have healed yourself immediately. Oh, awesome for you that you found out, but not so good for me as a kid. Nonetheless, I'm happy for you. But we continued kind of processing this, and now you can find jewelweed soap and different things you can buy in some of the homeopathic or herbal remedy stores. But jewelweed, it's amazing. It works great. If you haven't tried it, definitely get it for your kids. But think about it. You've got this poison, poison ivy, and in the midst of the poison is the remedy. Isn't this so true in life that so many times you're in the midst of poison and chaos and right there, right where you're at, right when things are at its worst, you have the jewelweed and all you've got to do is grab for it and rub it on the poison ivy and it will be healed. It's not healed right away, but over time it'll heal. It's like what Napoleon Hill said in his epic book, Think and Grow Rich, With every adversity is a seed of equal or greater benefit. That's exactly the case here with the jewelweed. And it's exactly the case for me and I hope for you as you emerge out of COVID-19. I have already shared to exhaustion at nauseum that I used my free time during a terrible pandemic to learn the cleaning science and to learn how to properly disinfect and I developed my nine mistakes in disinfecting and from that simple presentation I took it to the masses of my community and helped a lot of people and the poison ivy of this COVID infection I found the jewelweed I found that you could counteract the COVID infection with proper disinfection. And if I tell enough people about it, there'll be enough people carrying the jewelweed against the poison ivy. And ultimately, not only will the the COVID go away or the poison ivy go away, but I'll be in a great position to grow my cleaning business because I positioned myself holding the jewelweed when everyone had the poison ivy and they will not forget who was holding the jewelweed. And I hope you did the same thing during COVID. If you haven't, there's still some time. It doesn't matter if you're in a pandemic or not. You should always be finding ways to educate and help and inspire those around you because I believe 
in business, it's not just about making money, but we're given a huge responsibility. It's it's to serve our fellow man. And the bigger our business, the more people that God is entrusting us to serve. All right, well, that wraps up this episode of Healing Grows with the Poison. I hope that you benefited from this. You enjoyed the funny story about me getting almost arrested for a second time for an infraction I was not guilty of, but also about the power of knowing where the jewelweed is amongst the poison ivy. So I wish you a fantastic day, week, and as summer approaches and the poison ivy grows back, I know the jewelweed's out there, but try and avoid the poison ivy, okay? Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.